1: That whole movie kind of sucked, but yeah, yeah, exactly. That (laughs) That doesn't help. We could have a whole other podcast. Yeah, we could. could Good and bad. Yeah, Yeah, we'll we'll record a second, like a,
2: (laughs) a, a we'll do like a B side of this one, just bashing Suicide Squad after that.
3: of the professional book nerds podcast presented by overdrive this is Jill. hi adam how you doing good how are you
2: i'm good i'm good i'm cold but that's just our office not that's like our office. outside world yeah. yeah as we mentioned before they're doing expansions so there's basically gaps in our our, our office right now and like in the walls where they're expanding stuff so lots of breezes pretty <laughs> much <laughs> it's like crosswinds in our office all the time um i'm the one who has to talk about the episode huh you do yeah okay i can do that so we've never done this before but i don't know that a ton of people know overdrive offers a lot of comic books digitally of course but we have a ton of them uh, a lot of dc comics and all sorts of stuff so i sat down with three different people uh, two of who two of whom two of who two of which Two of them have been on the it's show too before. too early. I know. I'm sorry. For grammar. Uh, Quentin and Jim have been on the show before. Uh, and then Kenny has, had never been on before. But what Kenny does here, and he talks a little bit about it in the actual intro when I'm talking to them, he basically handles all of our comic book stuff that comes in. And he is like a compendium of knowledge when it comes to the comic books. So went through with the three of them a whole bunch of different comics that they recommend Um and it was just a really fun conversation and everything that they discuss is available through Overdrive. So if you have never read comics before, I would recommend just going in and finding some of the ones they talk about because it's a nice kind of gateway to getting mm-hmm. into comics. Um but yeah, it's just it's a big world. I've always been intimidated by like the world of comics. I love comic books. I'm kinda of on like the fringe, but like getting into it feels intimidating from like a diving in, but it's really not. It's just Beautifully drawn stories that, yeah, people would really like.
3: I've definitely read graphic novels and comic books before, but not all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Well, they're just nice. Like a perfect example is one of the books that Kenny talks about is Kingdom Come. It's like a one-off, very famous uh, comic book from DC. It's all it's the uh, the Justice League characters, but there's a whole we talk about it in the show. But he had all the physical comics with him here when we got to like a third of the comics that they all <laughs> they all brought um, but when he had it he just gave it to me and he's like hey if you want to read it over the weekend go for it because the art on it is like jaw-droppingly beautiful they're all like paintings in there um, so I took it home and I read it in like an hour and a half right. like that's the cool thing about graphic novels and, and comics is you can it's almost like a palate cleanser like I was in between fantasy novels and I was like I just want something short really quickly so it was great. It was a lot of fun. So, whether you're a comic book fan or not, I think people will like this.
3: Yeah, I like what I like about graphic novels, and I think a lot of librarians would agree, is that it's, um, there's a lot of YA ones that are good for reluctant readers, someone who is maybe intimidated by reading a full book. Mm-hmm. You still get that experience with graphic novels, uh, and there's some really good ones out there. Yeah,
2: and someone else in the past who had been on here talked about the fact that because there's, so many drawings and, and you know images illustrations and things in the actual comics and graphic novels it helps with people who are struggling readers with um, kind of like word association like if they say a word they don't understand they can see the image and say see, see what it's depicting so yeah. it's good stuff If people want to get a hold of us, how can they do that?
3: They can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ProBookNerds. And they can email us directly at ProfessionalBookNerds at Overdrive.com.
2: Yeah, and I'd really like it if people did reach out to us about this particular episode. The reason being, we've never talked about comics before. And as I mentioned, we got through like a third of what they brought. So we have so many more recommendations we could offer. So shoot us an email, send us a tweet, let us know what you thought. um, Because I want to know if you would like to hear more of these. Because we certainly would like to talk about them more. So anything else you can think of people need to know about for this? I don't think so. Awesome. Well, I hope you guys enjoy this comic book edition of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Hey, everyone. It's Adam, and I'm really excited about this episode. Uh, We've got three gentlemen with me today that are all also Team Overdrive people. Uh, Two of them have been on before, one of them have not. So I will let you guys all say hi one at a time so people can get a feel for your voice. So first we'll go with our newbie, Kenny. How you doing today? Doing all right. How are you? I'm doing great. And for people who are listening in, just uh, we're going to talk about comics today. So just for people who are listening in... Uh, what do you do at overdrive because you're kind of like the the comic guru here?
4: Um, yeah, so I work in the content services department essentially we're the people who deal with the operations deal with uh, we work <laughs> we work with uh, we work with the operations teams of several suppliers and uh, one of my specialities here is that I work with all of the comic suppliers that come in so yeah. we're working with d c and Mar- uh well we're trying to get Marvel mm-hmm. um, image comics, stuff like that.
2: Yeah. So anything that you would ever have borrowed through Overdrive, it's a comic. Kenny has probably ingested from the publisher yeah, somewhere. Yeah, it. it's, it's, one, it's, it's either me or one of my coworkers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, and then next we have Quinn, who's been on several times, but I'll let you say hello. Hello. Uh, Go ahead, sorry. Quinn, can you do me a favor and, Yeah, talk a little bit closer to the microphone for me? I can do that. Perfect. All right, and just <laughs> as a reminder for people, what do you do
1: here at Overdrive? Uh, I'm a product owner here, so I kind of help run... Products. It's kind of hard to explain, but um, kind of responsible from them from beginning to end. So most of our audience probably familiar with Overdrive Help. That's yes. one of my products. I also work on the Lexus Nexus platform. And if you know what Nexus is, you might already know what that
4: is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't
2: know I don't know how many lawyers we have that are getting book recommendations from us, but it's possible. It's possible. Yeah. All right. And then last but not least, we have Jim, who's also been on several times. Hello, Jim. Hello, Adam. Do you want to remind people what you do here as well?
5: Yeah, sure. I'm uh, an account specialist with the Library Partner Services team. I basically run all the Canadian accounts that we have.
2: Yes, you do. I all do. Right. And before I started recording, I told all the guys in the room here, but just for everyone listening, we're going to talk about comics today and... Yes, we are very aware that both women and men read comics. The way that this happened is Jill and I reached out to all of our coworkers and said, hey, who wants to be on the podcast and what types of genres do you want to talk about? And three people who said comics were all male. So that's why we're not doing like a sexist (laughs) thing here. It just happened to be all three people. So uh, first question I've got for you guys, and I'll start with Kenny. Um, Before we kind of jump into a bunch of comic book recommendations, was there, like, a first comic when you were a kid that kind of got you into comics, or what was it about the comic genre that excited you when you were a younger reader? I think probably one of the first
4: comic books that I ever read was actually a Green Lantern comic book. Mm-hmm. And that was actually, like, that was my first superhero love um, because it was, um, and probably the 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 primal form of it is just a wish fulfillment. It's I mean, it's, you have a magic ring that can do things for you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, I... I I, I got myself into comic books just from – we went to a garage sale, and this lady was selling, like, here's this giant box of comics. Oh, it's amazing. Take this for a dollar. (laughs) (laughs) Get this off my hands. (laughs) And my mom went, here you go. Take this and go read these. I'm like, okay. (laughs) That's fantastic. Um, How about for
1: you guys over there? Um, For me, it was – really it was a cartoon first and it was the 90s x-men cartoon which is amazing to this day that's such a good cartoon you can still go back and watch it it's still awesome um and uh i got kind of obsessed with it i loved that show i watched it every saturday morning and my brother was like there's comics you know and (laughs) my my brother's 12 years older than me that that introduced me and he hands me some of his x-men comics and i'm like (laughs) yeah and uh and uh the the first comic i really got a like fell in love with the first series was the original Weapon X series that was the uh, origin of Wolverine. Mm-hmm. So it was a like it was a, he wasn't even his full comic yet, um, but I have that whole series still and I treasure it. It's good stuff.
2: Do you have a favorite X Men character? <sighs> like,
1: I, it's it's lame to say. But I liked Wolverine before Wolverine was cool, no, but okay. uh, I, I, I totally did. But I, I also... Um, One would argue that Wolverine has always been cool, though. Right. I mean, he is. But I, I've also been a big fan of um, some of the more obscure ones, like... Um, oh, not Cable, but the dude with the treads. Uh, I can't think of his name right now. Um, but I do really like Cable anyway.
2: Mm-hmm. The, most of the X-Men. I like most of okay. the X-Men. So. <laughs> Night- Nightcrawler. That crawler's awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Jim, how about you? Do you remember, like, kind of the first comic? Or?
5: Uh, so, my introduction to comics is pretty similar to Quentin's, except it's DC and not Marvel. So, one of my earliest memories of growing up is going to see Batman Returns in the theater. When it came out, I was like six years old at mm-hmm. the time. Uh, and I remember going with my dad, and I just fell in love with Batman immediately. And then growing up, there was the Batman animated series on Saturday mornings that I loved, and Mask of the Phantasm movie, which was all amazing. So good. <laughs> that was good So one, I, I feel like my introduction was through Batman, and... He is one of my picks
2: for today, but he was sort of like my introduction to comic books and like the comic world. Man, your life would have been forever changed if that movie that you saw to introduce you was like Batman and Robin. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I did
5: see that in the movies. Well, yeah. In the theater. And I remember thinking to myself, this
2: is not good. Oh, I own the blue And at like the time. Back. Yeah, I do I
1: Every once in a while, I'll watch those, it. Those nipples on board. that Batman suit. Not I mean, so great. Can there see are. Yeah. Yeah, George
2: Clooney does a lot of wonderful things, but he almost that, yeah. killed he Batman. He actually apologized publicly for that movie. Yep. <laughs> he does as he the, should, he does all the time. He says he's like, "I almost killed Batman." Like, how you, how terrible of a character? Do you, how awful do you have to do it be a, as a character to almost destroy like one of the most popular comic? Anyway, sorry, this is not, oh, not, not a George apologize. Clooney podcast. All right, uh, okay. So what we're gonna do is just kind of ping pong back and forth. I will say the name of the person who's talking ahead of time, and I'll let you guys throw up some uh, some comic recommendations and just kind of see where we go from there. I want to let everyone listening know, as always, every book we talk about will be in our show notes and they are all available through Overdrive because that was a stipulation I made these guys do. So, <laughs> uh, so I'll let you, Kenny, you want to start off first with whatever you want to talk about? Oh man. Um,
4: Alright, so let's stick with supers since that seems to be kind of the direction that we're st- we're at right now. Sure. Um, so uh, I'm going to start with Probably All Star Superman. Mm-hmm. So, uh, nice. when I was a kid, I really disliked Superman. <laughs>
5: I still don't really like Superman all uh, that much. Know, same here. I, same here. Well, I mean, it's he, because he's kind of lame. Yeah.
4: It, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that he's lame. It's just he's difficult to read because he can do everything, and yeah. he never really goes up against like okay, he goes up against something that you know holds him back for like maybe one or two issues, and then they invent a power, and for then the events like he has right. a new he has a new power that he can just like <laughs> randomly go in and do a thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh the coolest thing about All-Star Superman it made me fall in love with the character in a completely yep. new and original way um i this all it's like i'm not going to spoil the story for you but what i'm going to tell you happens within the first couple of pages is essentially Batman, or sorry, Batman. <laughs> <Jim. laughs> we we'll get to Batman. It's okay. <laughs> uh, plot super, twist. Superman gets too close to the sun, and you know Superman gets his powers from the sun. He gets too close; it supercharges him and gives him all of these really cool, weird, new powers. But they're all killing him. And he, over the course nope. of the twelve issues that this comic book, you know, runs, he's slowly losing every single one of those powers, and he's slowly becoming less Superman and more Clark Kent. And the really, really interesting thing about it is that even though he's losing all of these powers and each one of the tribulations that he goes up against is more and more dire and more and more, you know, big world-destroying type things, he's still managing to be Superman. Even though, like in the last issue, the only thing he has left is flight. He can fly. That's it. No super strength, nothing. And he's still managing to be Superman. And that's, to me, very inspirational. It's like it's... You don't have to have all of these weird fantastic powers to really be superman you can just be a good person it
5: was sort of like i feel like so many comics nowadays like especially in marvel and dc they sort of like break down their characters like to their you know base level and all-star superman was like the first one to do something like that and so i feel like at the time it was very much a trendsetter i just read it myself earlier this year for the first time and i loved it and i felt the same way about superman that you do and
1: mm-hmm. uh, now i have to read that
5: It's
2: really good. I've got the issues right here. You can find (laughs) them. They're literally literally in front of them. Oh, man. I want to love this entire conversation. (laughs)
5: Like, I don't know. I have a weird thing about Superman because I tried reading Red Sun, and I couldn't
4: get it at all.
5: And that's, like, always been considered one of, like, the best Superman
4: stories ever. I think that that's a really – that's just a difficult place to jump in at because it kind of requires you to have – Pre-existing knowledge of like stuff that happened to Superman before yeah. this, and then they're and then it's like, okay, here's this Elseworld right. story yeah, where instead of him crash landing in Kansas, he crash lands in Soviet Russia. Yeah,
2: it's just I don't know. It was weird, and I got like halfway through it, and I was like, I can't do this. This is not good <laughs> at all. So it sounds very similar to the conversation we had before we started recording about me trying to jump into season two of The Flash <laughs> while my wife was watching. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, uh, Quentin, you want to throw one out there?
1: Yeah, but I do want to follow up a little bit on the Superman thing sure. and to say that my favorite Superman
4: story is the one where Batman kicks his butt. So, like, four <laughs> or five times. Yeah, four or five yeah. times. Pretty much all of those. Are you thinking specifically about the Frank Miller Batman? Yeah, the, the Frank Dark Miller Knight, one. Which we do have We which do have on was, Overdrive. If you haven't read that one, that is a really, really good one. It's pretty awesome. Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, Dark Knight Returns. And Frank Miller just came out with a new one. Which we have. Which yeah. we have. Yes, It's uh, Dark Knight. Volume three, I think it's called Strikes master, again, I think. Or I think the it's Masters, called The Master Race. Master Race. Master Race. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't read that yet. I haven't read it yet either, but I heard that. Not, not really only good.
2: do we have it on Overdrive, but um they did a uh, like a television commercial, I think it was on AMC for a while. And then uh, they gave us that commercial. So it's actually yeah. it's oh, in, nice. It's like Mark if you're a librarian listening, it's in Marketplace and we yeah. did a blog about <laughs> it and mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome.
4: I remember <laughs> it was such a big deal because it's like the commercial brand and it's like it's now available on Overdrive and yeah. it was actually on the commercial. I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty excellent. Anyway, sorry, um, continue. Yeah, no. Um,
1: so unlike Kenny, uh, I'm not going to be nice and stick with the current direction. And, uh, <laughs> I'm going to talk about the comic I'm reading right now, which is the I'm finally sitting down to read Saga, which is another one we oh, have. Man. And um, so far, it's freaking awesome. The artwork's <laughs> great. Yeah. Um, even the opening scene was was uh uh more visceral and emotional than a lot of comics ever get yeah um and uh i know it's kind of known for the some of its more controversial stuff like the the whole breastfeeding on the cover thing and um but it that's not the only reason to pick it up it's such a truly good comic and I think I'm sitting in a room full of people that have read the whole thing already. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, no, but no? I, I worship
5: at the altar of Brian K. Vaughan, so... Yeah,
1: me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, I can't, it, so far I can't say enough good things about it. Yeah. I'm not very far yet, but um, it's very, very good so you,
2: far. You were talking about the, the controversy with the cover. It actually was, I don't remember which year, but it was one of the most, you know, challenged books yeah. in the library. Yeah. So, yes. Solely because of the cover. Right, just... And the the
1: deluxe uh, edition that collects the first eighteen issues is even more like it's just the kid's face, like laying there, and it looks like a planet he's laying on, but it's yep, not. It's yeah, not. it's not. <laughs> um, so it's uh, it's uh, like I said, don't pick it up for the cover, pick it up for the story. It's 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 worth it, and uh, it's I think the cover is really there to say this is a comic book that's going to go outside the norm of comic books, and we want you to be comfortable with that up front or maybe uncomfortable with that up front and be prepared. And it's it's
4: it's good. It's Who fun. does I the art again? Fiona Staples. Okay. Yeah, she's,
2: man, He's really good. Yeah, Yeah. <laughs> it's good sure. stuff. Jim?
5: All right, so I'm going to go back to the superhero bit really quick. Sorry, Quentin. That's okay. You, you don't have
2: to um, apologize. Yeah. We're going to bounce all okay. around. <laughs> it's a true story.
5: But it's my only superhero pick, and it is Batman. Um, so basically anything Batman is good. <laughs> That's just my blanket recommendation, but if I had to pick one Batman story, it would be The Long Halloween, which I love gangster movies, so Godfather, Goodfellas, Departed, all those kind of movies. The Long Halloween is basically a gangster story, but with Batman characters.
0: Uh, It
5: was a huge inspiration for The Dark Knight, Mm -hmm. which is the greatest Batman movie ever made. (laughs) Um, It is basically about how there are murders of gangsters in Gotham City, and Batman has to try and figure out who is doing the murders. And obviously it's a also a Two-Face origin story, which I think Two-Face is the best Batman villain that there is, not the Joker. That's just my wow. personal opinion. I know.
2: Just kind of I know. blow past that hot take. Yeah. Uh, I've no, always, we, I've we, we don't been have weirdly, to blow past it. I've always
5: but. been
1: weirdly uh, partial to the Riddler myself. Yeah, I'm, I'm a That's Riddler fun, guy. But yeah. Especially the darker, the darker turn
5: on him that. recently. Yeah. Um, I just think, like... Harvey Dent turning into Two-Face, that's such a fascinating, like, origin. And Mm -hmm. I think The Long Halloween does a really great job of showing it and kind of slow building to it once it finally happens. And I think The Dark Knight
2: did a really good job of bringing it up as well. This isn't recency bias against Jared Leto, is it? This not liking the Joker? No, it's not, (laughs) like, Because, I mean, like,
5: to be perfectly honest... Uh, Heath Ledger did a terrific job in The Dark Knight, yeah, yeah. and, and Jared, Jared Leto so did, j- did not.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> no, exactly, from that my right. opinion. exactly. No, that's <laughs> not. That's 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 A. I think a safe opinion. That, uh, he was atrocious.
4: When <laughs> yeah. you
5: start the Joker by having damage tattooed on his forehead, you're not <laughs> going not in the right direction. Yeah, right. that doesn't. Yeah, that's well, not. Right
1: also that whole movie kind of sucked but yeah. we, we well, yeah it. exactly that just <laughs> that doesn't
2: help we could have a whole other podcast yeah we could, we could have good good and bad yeah, we'll, do, we'll record a second like a <laughs> like a B, we'll do like a b-side of this right. one just bashing <laughs> suicide squad after that right <laughs> i can talk for an hour about how bad that movie is yeah, no problem I, that's fair. <laughs> yeah um let turn this into like how did this get made <laughs> <laughs> uh,
5: uh, uh but if not the long halloween then dark knight returns is amazing year one uh Night of the Owls for something a little bit more recent. No that it's was really one great. One too, yeah. But I didn't like it once it went past death of the family. I thought Endgame was really bad and just really confusing even though I love Scott Snyder
2: and I think he's amazing. Um,
5: but yeah, that would Batman
2: Anything Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Batman. Uh, Kenny, you can take us any place you want to go.
4: Well, uh, Quentin brought up a Brian K. Vaughn with Saga, so I'm going to bounce back to another Brian Brian K. Vaughn, also available from Image 2. It's called Paper Girls. (laughs) This is it's currently still ongoing. I'm caught up all the way up to Volume 3, and this is a ridiculously good comic book. It's not only awesome in that it's set in – our hometown of Cleveland. <laughs> um, but the writing on it is really good. The art on it is awesome. It's the it's art featured by uh, Cliff Chang, who did the New 52 Wonder Woman stuff. So lots of, like, plain okay. colors, dark lines, really, really cool stuff. Um, and it's a time travel story, kind of. Ooh. Kind of time travel in the sense that time is fluid and is bouncing all over the place. And it doesn't really matter, but these four girls are just bouncing around, stuck in the middle of this weird time war type thing. And it's, it's really – it's I don't know how else to describe it other than – I I can't even sit here and try to explain what the story is like because it really requires you to sit down and, like, dedicate your whole brain to it to really understand. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's one of those comic books. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like, I remember reading the first volume for the first time because I picked it up on a whim just because I like the art and I'm, I'm Brian K. Vaughn. Sure. I have to have it. I remember finishing it and I went – the first thing I thought of was – what just happened and (laughs) I need to get number two.
5: (laughs) (laughs) See, I have a problem with like issues that are still ongoing. So like paper girls and saga, they're still being written. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like if I get really into it, then I'm suddenly yeah. going to speed read it. And then I have to wait a whole nother year before the next trade volume comes out and I'm well, going to forget everything. By that's it.
1: that's why I've put off saga for so long. Yeah. Now there's so many issues that I can, I think they're up. Until Adam like is like 40s. laughing away from the I'm mic. I'm
2: chuckling away from the mic because our uh, co-worker Christina, who's on frequently. Yes. It feels the exact same way, but she talks about about YA novels. If they're going to be like a trilogy, she won't read them until all of them are out. That makes sense, man. I'm just laughing because it's kind of the that's, same thing. But I
5: feel like comics are a little different though than like a book because, like, you could just stop in the middle of a like a story arc with a trade. I don't know. Maybe that's not the case. That you can, but, yeah. Absolutely. You know. And I feel like if I get a trade in April and I read all the way through, then I have to wait till like next April to yes, get that so next yeah, trade.
1: I'm a strange comic book fan, and I don't really read trade. I wait until there's a graphic novel version, where it's a compendium of lots of, you know, mm-hmm. a, yeah. a, a collection, or or just the graphic novels. I I like the long form comics myself. Yeah. Am okay. I going to be
4: the weird person here that still has comic book subscriptions? <laughs> oh, you have, have you have a pull list. Yeah, I have a pull nice. list. <laughs> yeah. I had I had
1: one on a pull list recently, but it was like a short one off thing that but, I, uh, I can't remember the name of right now.
2: We should mention before we get sidetracked. Paper Girls is coming to overdrive right. right so yeah
4: it's it's coming probably within the next week it, oh, oh, okay. it's definitely going to be there very soon cool. sweet right, so it's, nice
2: awesome. um quentin <laughs> unless, unless you're doing making notes and i can go to gym
1: no no um i was I, there's a, there's a couple comics i'd love to talk about that aren't available on overdrive and i'm, I'm debating on whether or not they're connected enough for mm. me to talk about them so okay,
4: put it this way if it's marvel we don't have it. I know. I know I, <laughs> yeah. know. I know. Don't we have some Guardians of the Galaxy though? Uh, we have Guardians of the Galaxy like children's stuff. available oh, through yeah, yeah, yeah. publishers like Random House and stuff like right. That. Well, we right.
5: have we have Star Wars stuff too, don't we?
4: Yes, that's we do. through. Those
2: are the Dis- Disney public. Yes, yeah. oh, I thought the, they were Marvel. That's okay. Disney. Well, Publi-
4: I mean, D- Disney owns Marvel and right. Lucasfilm, yeah. so okay, right, right. But Marvel, Marvel's still in charge of its own. Yeah. Publishing division. You, or, you know,
1: some of the new Star Wars books are actually really good. They are very good. Like, yeah. like really good. The Leia, the yeah. Leia one was awesome. Yeah. yeah.
2: But the, the publishing world is uh crazy intricate and then also when you lay on put on the layer of comic books in there as well. Like it's just yeah. It's a a web we will not untangle today. It's a true story. So. Yes. I, can go, I can go to Jim if you're yeah, still yeah, do- yeah. all right <laughs> <look> Jim, <laughs> something else up. Jim, right. drop, one, drop one on us.
5: So going off of the whole Brian K. Vaughn stick that we've got going on right now, I'm going to next... stick. Yes. <laughs> I said it. Uh, uh, I'm going to recommend Why the Last Man, oh man that's which really, uh, that was kind of the comic that got me back into reading comic books. Uh, I was recommended to read it by Simon in Overdrive. Mm-hmm. He let me borrow his copies of it And it's another Brian Kavon story. It is about a post-apocalyptic world where every male mammal has died, except for one guy named York and his pet monkey named Ampersand.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's a very good pet name.
5: That That is already excellent. And so basically, it is the two of them traveling the world, trying to figure out what exactly happened, and trying to survive in a world that is now run by women, who most of them want to see him be safe and protect him but then others want him killed so it is really really interesting and it's just a lot of fun to read it's obviously it's dramatic because it's a post-apocalyptic world but there are some really funny parts in it too that Hmm. you know make it really interesting to read and i i think i blew through i think there's
2: 12 volumes i think you're right yeah uh
5: i think i blew through it in like a month yeah so
2: I want to point something out. Kenny doesn't have a computer in front of him. He just knows this off the top of his. This is incredible. It, <laughs> it's true. I, like, I literally have not stopped reading comics
4: my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> just the, the collective knowledge in this room is making me very, very happy. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, uh, Why the Last Man was my first Va- Brian K. Vaughn book, and man, that was such a yeah. good one. It, and I like to say that, why the Last Man was The Walking Dead before The Walking Dead became yes. The Walking Dead. It Agreed. really is just like, yeah. it. I, I really wish that they would make Why the Last Man into like a television show or a movie yeah, series or something <laughs> like that too because it would work so well for it.
1: I mean, that's on my reading list. I have not hit it yet though. It's really good. Yeah. I have a weird thing. I'm gonna about, come like, out of here with like so much of
2: my future time books. Like, <laughs> oh, I can already funny. tell you. I'm looking at all the books you guys all have. I can already tell you we're doing more than one of these because <laughs> okay. I, I know that we're just gonna keep talking for a long time. So yeah, maybe, yeah. It
4: should be known that I all only brought in my trade paperbacks. I could start bringing in my single issues, Ooh, which that go. would just take some time <laughs> to get through. So you,
5: have any of you guys read The Walking Dead?
4: I haven't. I, I, I got mean, I got through volume six. Yeah, and I don't know. I just it does not stick with me as well as like. The other post-apocalyptic stuff. That yeah, I, have. It's like I, I enjoy the writing and the artwork and everything. it just yeah. it didn't stick with
5: me. That's how I feel too. Like I have both of the like huge compendium novels, and I've only gotten through like halfway of one. Yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't strike me. And I, I, I thought, was a really big fan of the show for three seasons, but then I stopped mm-hmm. because I realized that every single episode of the show is five minutes of action, thirty minutes of nothing, and then five minutes of action.
4: I can't. I I, can't. I think it's I think it's mostly to do with zombie fatigue. There's so yeah. much zombie stuff mm-hmm. out there right now that it's just. It's become... Yeah. Everybody's looking for, okay, what's going to be the next zombie thing? And right Right. now, it's Game of Thrones, which also has zombies. Yeah. (laughs) Of course (laughs) it does. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) They're just just icy zombies. Icy zombies. I will
2: will say the covers of The Walking Dead, uh, the comics, like like the the actual covers, how they kind of connect. Yeah. Like how... If you the, place them all right, uh, next yeah. To if you each place, place them really all right cool. next to each other, it, it makes like one massive, you know. It is like, really, really cool. That's yeah. really cool. Like it makes one huge image, which I enjoy.
5: I think but. I heard that he's actually going to write an ending to it soon, or like he's moving towards an ending.
4: He kept saying, like I remember back when the series was still in like its infancy. Sure. He said that he was going to go to issue 100 and then that was going to be it. And then okay. issue 100 came and went. <laughs> <laughs> and then essentially it came became, I'm going to keep writing it until it stops making me money. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Right, Which, exactly. you know, more power to Robert Kirkman, man. I mean, if he has something yeah. that's doing a cool thing, sure. do the cool thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever makes you happy. So, I, uh,
5: I mean, the show is in its seventh season, something no? like that, which I is insane to think and about. And it's
4: it's very quickly catching up to where the comic books are. Yeah. yeah, Like, super quickly. Yeah, it's it's it's. I think he's trying to avoid the current problem with the Game of Thrones in that the show is now past where the books are. Yeah. Right. Right.
1: Yeah, and I, I will say that the the I thought the comic was pretty well written. Uh, but it is It's zombie fatigue. I just didn't feel like reading about zombies, yeah. well written or not.
2: It's the same thing with like vampires. Five years ago, with the, all the shows yep. and movies, the same yep. thing. It's like exactly. I, and I'm if good. they glitter, I'm not reading it. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, <laughs> all right. I, I found something.
1: Go, I found yes. something that I've confirmed. It, I'm allowed to talk about. Um, <laughs> go, go for it. It's uh, it was a movie a while back, but the the comic is actually pretty awesome too. It's R.I.P.D., which is yeah, it's yeah. good fun. It's not like. It's it's actually surprisingly deep in some areas when it starts to deal with like uh, how we handle the afterlife and judgment in, in general. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, it's just good fun, and sometimes you need a good fun comic.
2: That's yes. A, was the movie was that Jeff Bridges? Jeff yeah. Bridges and oh. Ryan Reynolds. Brian? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that sounds
1: right. And I'm I think I'm one of the few people that liked it. I thought it was I thought it was a lot of fun. It I was, haven't seen it yet. <laughs> it was good. I liked it, but I, I think the I think the comics are actually a little bit better. I started yeah. reading those a little mm-hmm. while back and. Uh, good stuff. It's good stuff.
2: Um it, it for people who aren't familiar do you want to, you want to kind of describe yeah, the story of that so,
1: one? So so the idea behind RIPD is you uh <laughs> you die, right? And then you you have a chance of getting hired onto like this um kind of uh afterlife police force mm-hmm. that goes in and deals with rogue agents from Either side that are that are doing bad things in humanity or, or disrupting the balance and and um like in the movie for example Ryan Reynolds is a cop that dies and gets hired as a cop and when you come to Earth <laughs> you have uh you have uh kind of a your own body uh or or you don't have your body you have somebody else's right. body so you don't to yourself you appear as yourself but to everyone else you appear as someone else um, which adds a whole comic layer to Mm -hmm. it Uh, and it's 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 just good fun I it's been a little while since I've read it um, but it's one of the ones that I thought would bring up because it's 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 somewhat obscure and we do have it it is yeah Um, that's that's a good pull but uh, yeah so if you're looking for something that's good fun and and not everybody has read I I recommend it if you like it's kind of like a a less serious take on Hellboy it's there's kind of a there's some parallels there yeah Mm -hmm. that's, Um, that's fair but God, I love Hellboy. I love Hellboy. Hellboy's love so Hellboy. good. <laughs> okay, well then I'm gonna switch to. Oh yes, you know he's ahead, writing. Can. He's writing more, right? Uh huh. Like he 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 said he was done for a while ago, and now he's writing more, and I'm super excited. Hellboy is one of my
4: favorite my favorite comic books it's that I've, I I picked up throughout the year. So I Hellboy is definitely on the, one of the top five recommendations yeah. I would make for anybody. Not only because it's just it's a long series and it's yeah. gonna take you a while to get through. There's also a bunch of like side comics that went off so I mean the story of Hellboy is that you know he is a demon from hell who was (laughs) summoned through and was raised by a very kind professor to now he fights like supernatural threats to humanity alongside the Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense like there was a period of time throughout the storyline in the comic book where he actually leaves the BPRD and he just goes off on his own adventures so now that the BPRD has its own Separate comic book, which is also very good, and then there's the he has a, a friend and slash partner named Abe Sapien, who also has its own comic book mm-hmm. at some point in the future. Uh, it's just it's and there's just such deep history. Like they make side references to this character called Lobster Johnson, like in the early in the early issues of it, and then like. I don't know, somewhere around like five, seven years ago, they actually released a couple of Lobster Johnson starring (laughs) comic books that were really good. (laughs) Uh, It's just, it's the cool thing about Hellboy is that it very slowly over the course of its existence has shaped this whole universe that you could just dive into. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really cool.
5: What do you think of the movies?
4: Uh, First movie, very good. Yes. Second movie, awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, right. Ron Perlman was the best casting choice okay. yeah. for him and I'm really excited about the new movies so they're rebooting the new Hellboy yeah. and David Harbour who plays Detective as Hopper. yeah plays <laughs> as Detective <laughs> Hopper in Stranger Things is gonna be the new Hellboy and he they released awesome yeah they released the test image of like the makeup oh, yeah, I did the, see the, that. the makeup yeah. test it, it looks was awesome. so good he looks perfect
2: I like I looked at it and I was like did they just get Ron Perlman to come back? Did, when when they talked to when they were talking about well Ron Perlman's not coming back and everyone was like oh there's no way you're gonna be able to do any casting close to that and then they right. announced the casting and everyone's like all right well okay good job. <laughs> all right well you know you're still gonna mess up the casting choice for right. Liz
4: and yeah. you know Abe yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, who so did so they get they announced the professor they announced Professor Broom I'm pretty sure didn't they I, I don't, don't know. know I don't, I don't know. remember I, I, I was, can do some real
2: time searching
4: I think I'm still
1: freaking out about how. Good, he looked as Hellboy. He did. I'd yeah. say. I,
2: the
4: only <laughs> thing I'm a little iffy about is that Guillermo de Toro did such a great job with like monster design and direction and stuff like right. that on those original two movies. Yeah. Um, I don't remember who the director is going to be. I mean, two. I
5: feel like Guillermo del Toro was born to direct Hellboy <laughs> movies and Pacific Rim, just because of everything else <laughs> that he does. I, I like specific, Pan's Labyrinth. I mean, oh man, holy, holy
4: Pan's crap, Labyrinth, Labyrinth is
2: really
5: good. Yeah, Time I'm still
4: waiting for ever. Guillermo de Toro to actually do his. Uh, Lovecraft movie. So he's yeah. written oh, a tra- he's written a treatment yeah. for at the mountains of madness.
2: Yep. Oh, dude, that would be mind bending. It
4: hasn't been made yet because it's such an
2: unfilmable piece of work. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. But if anybody could do it, it's gonna be that guy, cause... right? But he likes. To, I the reason the the thing that gets me worried is he is so. I love that Guillermo del Toro does. This is nothing to do with it. This is a comic book adjacent. Yeah. Uh, he does practical effects so well. Oh man, that. Yeah. That's what worries me about trying to turn that into a movie because it would be really tough yeah. practically. But right.
4: Yeah, his monster and creature design are great. Like he pulled in, I mean, just tying it back into the, the art style of Hellboy, which Mike Mignola, the guy that writes it, right. does a lot of the artwork for it anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, John Byrne is listed here as, as a co-creator, but he mostly did you know backup art, inking, stuff like that. Right. But he pulled in, like Guillermo del Toro pulled in a lot of, of inspiration from the just the actual creature design that Mike Magnolo went with and then just stepped it up into a practical effects standpoint and it's just it's amazing mm-hmm. to see that kind of stuff come to life especially when yeah. you see yeah. some of the artwork in here it's like that's completely unbelievable but that's what it's supposed to be because you're looking at a yeah. demon
2: <laughs> right <laughs> yeah 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 well the one thing i heard about the the new like costume design for hellboy was people were like well it looks so close to what guillermo del toro did mm-hmm. and it's like well that's because guillermo del toro did the smart thing and stayed so true to the actual look of hellboy that's right why. he didn't just
5: like keep his own interpretation
2: right of or anything exactly. yeah, yeah so all right, we can talk about Hellboy for another three hours. We yeah, we could. Yeah, we've got to move uh, on from that. I've got, yeah, exactly. I've got another
1: obscure one if you're game. Go for it. So you guys have all heard of Conan, right? Oh, yeah. And Conan yes. has a great comic book series, actually, too. But have you heard of Solomon Cain? No. Uh, so Solomon Cain was actually before Conan. And I'll read the description from the Solomon Cain book by Robert E. Howard, who's the, the original author of Conan. He was a strange blending of Puritan and Cavalier with a touch of ancient philosopher and more than a touch of pagan. A hunger in his soul drove him on and on, an urge to fight right all wrongs, protect all weaker things, wayward and restless as the wind, he was consistent in only one respect. He was true to his ideals of justice and right. Such was Solomon Cain. Uh so <laughs> that's dramatic. Yeah. I had to be I had to I be a little dramatic. <laughs> again, yeah. So he he's like uh he he fights you know all the sword and sorcery aspects of Conan. Like like Solomon Cain was a like a, a Puritan, like not quite a demon hunter but kinda in the they, like he killed all the these uh he just fought evil in general like demons ghosts zombies things like that and um his comics are awesome and we actually have them it's another dark horse pool um and I'm can you tell I'm a fan of dark horse oh, a little bit I'm not allowed Do you to, like <laughs> dark horse? I'm not yeah I'm not allowed okay. to talk about uh you know um marvel so uh <laughs> so, you're not allowed it's so that we don't have I, it though. i know i know i've, I fall, mean, I've fallen we're back not to much of that
4: i've fallen back here. to Yeah, what <laughs> <You> <laughs> G- jim and i are the dc fans you so we are outnumbered yeah, you guys you, you
1: guys we're have sorry, to read buddy. the new deadpool and spider-man series it's awesome anyway um but solomon kane is is really fun uh just like conan is uh it's robert e howard was was kind of a genius for inventing these kind of Swashbuckling, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. um, type tales, um, and uh, so if you're looking for another obscure pool, that's that's good fun. That's inspired a lot of the crap we've talked about today. It's not not that it's crap. A lot of the stuff <laughs> hey. that we've talked about today. I mean, it is DC. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Right. Kidding, right. kidding. Wow, I like DC too. All right, I'm out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Has it been fun, Adam. <laughs> 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 I, I, I legitimately like DC as well. I've left the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to push buttons sometimes. Um, uh, but yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's really good. Uh, I'm, the the comics, some of the comics you might want to check out. Uh, I started with just straight Solomon Kane one, and and went from there. Um, but there's several to choose from, and I'm trying to pull up the list on Overdrive. There it is. Um, so there's just straight Solomon Kane, but you can pull up. Um, you know what? Just start with Solomon Kane one. Yeah. I take it back. I take it back. It's not an extensive series, so you could read through the whole thing and you could, it's just fun. It's mm-hmm. it's and it's and it's old. The characters very old. So you can see how it's inspired and shaped a lot of the other stuff you read. And the it's, whole
2: and the whole thing is out. So the completest over there in Jim can, true. can finish true. the whole thing. Yeah, just, I mean, people are root root still
1: root writing root root some Solomon Kane stuff, <laughs> but it's not super popular yeah. so.
4: The yeah. other the other uh, Conan comic books are those offered through dark horse or dynamite because i know that both both of those labels have claimed to
1: i don't know what the most recent ones are but i know yeah I, like you said i know both i think they've been published under both labels i know that
4: red sonja which is another howard character yes is offered through dynamite which if you like strong female characters red, red sonja is awesome <laughs> she's, she's quite strong nice. <laughs> and it's written by gail simone also
2: a very good writer Oh, okay yeah hey. I'm enjoying all of this. <laughs> <laughs> just, it's great whenever it is, when people just come in. And I just love having conversations with people who are so well-versed in this specific thing. We're just like, so I was talking about this one thing, and then you just know you exa- immediately know what it is. Yeah. Anyway, Jim, you got another one? I do.
5: Uh, so my next pick would be Preacher.
2: That's yeah. in my read list. Love, yeah. Yeah. I just bought one. It's
5: amazing. Um, so I don't know. For anybody who does not know the story of Preacher, I have a synopsis that
2: – I'm so excited I, for I have to read a read it. synopsis of Preacher. Okay. Please go.
5: So Preacher is the story of Texas preacher Jesse H- Custer, who is possessed by a supernatural being named Genesis, which is the offspring of an angel and a demon. Custer, who travels around America searching for God, literally, like mm-hmm. literal God, literal God, who abandoned heaven when Genesis was created. He's joined by his girlfriend Tulip and his best friend Cassidy, who, oh, by the way, is an Irish drinking vampire. <laughs> <So great.
6: laughs>
5: During the course of their journeys, the three encounter em- enemies and obstacles, both sacred and profane, including the Saint of Killers, an invincible, quick drawing, perfect aiming, come lately angel of death, answering only to he who sits on the throne. A disfigured suicide attempt survivor turned rock star named Arseface. (laughs) A serial killer called the Reaver Cleaver. The Grail, a secret organization controlling the governments of the world and protecting the bloodline of Jesus. star, who is my favorite character in the series. Ostensible all-father of the Grail. A megalomaniac with a penchant of prostitutes who wishes to use Custer for his own ends. Several fallen angels, as you do. <laughs> and Jesse's own redneck family, particularly his nasty Cajun grandmother, her mighty bodyguard Jody, and the animal loving TC. It is bonkers. It's so good. <laughs> but it is maybe my favorite comic series.
2: Preacher is so much fun. Yeah, I just so bought fun.
1: volume one of that. I so mean pretty to read excited it. about like, it. This this right is now.
2: one that I actually haven't read yet. Why? <laughs> right. Yeah, I have well read done. like I re-
4: yeah. every everything that I I hear about it is like. So I'm a fan of John Constantine character. That's and okay, that's that the I next book I was like, going to bring like, up. It's like okay, it's Constantine <laughs> like cranked up to eleven. Well, and it's like
5: some- it's <laughs> like if John Constantine was written by Quentin Tarantino.
2: Okay, that makes <laughs> sense. A really good description. You could have read that as a description. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's actually perfect. Well yeah, Thank that
1: you. that's funny because the next comic I was going to bring up is Hellblazer, which is nice. the Constantine yeah. series and uh that's another one I'm actually rereading and uh, nice. it's it,
2: he's good. Yeah.
1: It's good stuff. Have you
5: Adam, have you watched the
1: show?
2: Uh we watched the first season. Okay. Um I liked it. And yeah. love it as much as I wanted as much as I liked the comic series. See, I haven't watched
5: the show yet because when I heard it was being Made at AMC, I just immediately thought to myself that is not the right network for this show to be on.
2: I they I will be honest, they did a better job with the kind of like gory, explicit oh, stuff really? than I was expecting. Oh, okay, yeah, they it's pretty. And I'm, I'm like you're talking about the character Arsface. Yes, it's very creative the way that they he is like they the way that he speaks. They have subtitles for him, so even if you can oh, really? <laughs> even if you can understand him, they it's have amazing. the subtitles. Nice. It's it's good. It's not. As good as I wanted it to be, and um, oh, if anyone knows, it'll be you guys. Uh, the in Watchmen, um, what was his name? The guy, Warshak. Yeah. Well, but what was the the um the actual guy who played Warshak? Oh. Uh, oh, Jackie oh, Earl Haley. Uh, yeah, you got Jackie it, Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah, Jackie Earl. Earl Haley, Jackie Earl Haley is he's in the first season, and he is really so Didn't good. It's that. upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who did he play? Uh, um, the the head of the um. The head of the like cattle and
5: oh oh, that? oh that's right they brought that storyline in the first season yeah even though that happens really late comic,
2: yeah he, which I thought was strange he's so like he's so good it like, made me uncomfortable which is okay. what you expect so nice. I, it's it's worth watching we've only we okay. we uh, we don't have cable so sure. we cut cable we have sling and hulu so we I think the second season just came on hulu so we're gonna okay. dive in very Big good that. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm pretty <laughs>
1: curious about it but you've you've just depressed me severely because they canceled the freaking Constantine show even though it was awesome. Yeah, but it, he
4: still so he makes appearances every so often. He on does of tomorrow.
1: Yeah, he does, and and but the show was so good. Uh, but they're 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 bringing out a cartoon though. Yeah, did you and, hear about that? Yes, and
4: they're they're bringing back the same actor to voice him. Yes, he was really good. Oh, he awesome. was really good. He
1: was like the perfect Constantine. Uh, I mean, I actually liked the 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 movie with uh, Keanu Reeves. Yeah, um, but it wasn't Constantine it. really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was something different with the same name, and uh, <laughs> it, I liked it. Yeah, I liked the movie, but uh, the the show was the comic, and it, it was really, really pretty well done.
4: It's actually funny that you mentioned the Keanu Reeves one. I read something online recently too that it's it's a creative, it's a a really interesting exercise if you watch the first two John Wick movies and then watch Constantine like right afterwards, oh, I'm and it's, it becomes a storyline about a guy who. You know, was this excellent? Uh, this excellent, you know, hitman and everything like that, and then became like a supernatural hunter. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's great too because, like, the gangster from one of the movie, one of the John Wick movies, is Peter Stormare, and then he plays Satan. And, oh my god! <laughs> oh, yeah, and yeah, he does. does. That's right. Oh nice. my gosh! <laughs> All right. that's awesome.
2: I need. I, I do I know you guys have a bunch more books, so we're, I'm gonna have you guys each do one more, and then we're gonna do a second round of this because. Right, 40 minutes of, of chatter here. <laughs> oh, okay. um, so I'm going to have you guys, I'm going to go around one more time, have you guys each do one more, but we're going to do a part two of this. So. All right. That Kenny, go awesome. ahead. All right, so,
4: uh, man. I know, I'm sorry. Have I, you have a stack a, of oh, wait. I have a stack. So I've done one DC, two non-DC, so I'm going to go back to DC because okay. DC is my, my love. That is my home. <laughs> so I talked a little er- earlier about Elsewhere stories in DC Universe. So DC Universe has this, like, constant evolving storyline, and world stories are just, like, single one-off stories that don't happen in the main DC continuity, but are really cool stories to tell. And my favorite one of these is called Kingdom Come. Yes. Um, It's really good. (laughs) I don't know how else to describe it other than it's amazing. Yeah. Um, The writing is really, really great. It's mythological and biblical, and it's just really epic, huge story. That's, I mean, some of the main themes in it are like youth versus experience and tradition versus, you know, change. So essentially what the main crux of the story is is that the heroes that we know, Superman, Wonder Woman, uh, Green Lantern, so these are all, like, Golden Age superheroes, so not, like, Hal Jordan Green Lantern. We're talking, like, Alan Scott Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> the guy with the actual magic lamp. Right. right. <laughs> uh, so going way back, these guys have gotten old, and they're children's children, superheroes that have followed them. Have now taken their place and are more violent. They cause more collateral damage. They're just—I mean—they're heroes in a traditional sense, but they fight amongst each other. They're just—they're just—they're just bad heroes. And essentially, like Wonder Woman comes up to Superman and begs him, he's like you need to come back and get this back under control." And that's what the story is—is is yeah. them trying to get this under control. All in the meanwhile, we're watching this whole event unfold through the eyes of this mortal spectator who knows that something bad is going to happen very soon. Like, so it's apocalyptic. You know something bad is coming just from the foreshadowing. And this guy, his name is Norman, is an old preacher who is being led through time by the specter, just observing these events, and is being told the entire time, when the time comes, you have to make the judgment. Hmm. So it's like, we as the reader are watching this thing unfold and then there's this one point right near the end of the comic book where, oh man, it's it's just, it's
5: pretty, pretty incredible. It's
4: pretty great. And the, probably it's like, it's, it takes my breath to just even looking at it still is like some of the best parts about it are just the artwork. So the artwork is all done by Alex Ross. I mean, if you look at the comic book,
2: I'm, lo- I'm looking at it right now. Every
4: single panty. one, every, <laughs> single one of the pa- every single one of the panels, every single piece of artwork yeah. that you see in here is an actual painting that exists. Yeah, he hand painted everything. These are
2: incredible, and okay.
4: it's so good. Like we were talking earlier about like putting putting comic books together to get this huge thing. And there's like the the actual trade paperback version will actually fold out so that you can see like this oh my giant God. scene. Yep. Wow, that is super. Yeah, super it's really
2: really cool. I'll get uh, if you're listening and follow our instagram or twitter i'll take, take a picture, picture of it i'll take a picture of this <laughs> this is fantastic yeah, it's, it's wonderful yeah um it's just
4: it's it i can't recommend this one enough it's just breathtaking yeah. it's yeah. such a good comic i life. think it's probably
5: the best like standalone dc story that there is probably. i know there's a lot of them out there that are really great
2: but okay. that one always stands out in my head i'm, I'm in uh <laughs> jim give me your last one for this uh, this round it's
5: a pretty obvious pick but watchmen uh, um yeah. i mean obviously always regarded as like one of the best oh quentin is giving me a face of like i, I don't I deserve- like watchmen oh get out i know <laughs> I know. it's a weird it's a weird comic. what what don't you like about it i how I, good it is?
2: Or?
1: It's, it's, yeah, like, do you hate really well, great written comics? It's or? really well written, and the artwork is good. I don't like its take on humanity. I am too much well, of a... Well, but that's kind of the point. Right. Though. I know I'm too much of a cheesy idealist to enjoy reading things like that. Okay. That's, that's just me. That's fair. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a really...
2: You, I can see that. Yeah, Seattle yes, Adam fair. it. Well, now I just <laughs> but,
5: feel like I'm, you know, this pessimist no, 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 no. humanity it's, because it's, I like Watchmen. So no, thanks it's, a lot, Quinn. I'm going to go reevaluate my life
2: for people who don't know the the story of Watchmen, can you kind of give us like a yeah, quick synopsis? Yeah, sure.
5: So it's set in an alternate 1980s America where there are custom superheroes that are just kind of part of everyday life. And it follows uh, Rorschach, who was played by Jackie Earl Haley in the movie. Uh, one of the superheroes in this group is murdered, and he's sort of like investigating the murder while the fact that there is this apocalypse that is sort of like brewing in the background that is going to happen. Like America won the Vietnam War in this alternate universe. Richard Nixon never had the Watergate scandal come to light because of that. And he is still the president in this 1985 America. And we are like getting closer and closer to a World War III with Russia. Hmm. And so it's basically all of these things kind of like converging together. Not only the fact that Dr. Manhattan is like going off on his own and becoming a rogue agent and just insanity that is going to happen like as the comic goes um i i think it's really great and i think it's it's very dark and it's very bleak obviously um i am really excited about what dc is doing now with like incorporating watchmen into their storyline i haven't read anything yet but i've heard it's been pretty good so far. I
4: actually haven't read any of the doomsday okay. Clock stuff yet because yeah. I was disappointed with. So they did a previous event called Before Watchmen, which was just like a bunch of prequel yeah, stories. Yeah, I didn't read that because I heard it wasn't good at all. It was not great. Yeah. Um. Not. Not. I mean, the, art, <laughs> so the the artwork in a lot of them was really awesome. It was just okay. like that was not. A, those were not stories that needed to be told because you got everything that you needed from about the characters from the actual core story. Right. I mean, there's a lot of people that like background information. I, I'm one of the people that likes background information, but that was one of those things. that was like, that world is fine. Right. Mm-hmm, exactly. Don't mess with that, please. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right.
5: Um, but yeah, I, I totally get your point about it being and just it, a bad take on humanity right. because it is.
1: And and to be clear, it's really well written, and the artwork yes. is fantastic. It's just my own personal preference. That's I. Yeah. I can't argue.
4: <laughs> I I I I'm always go back to. It, to um, the artwork of Watchmen because it was so groundbreaking when it yes. was made because yeah, it sure. uses a completely different color palette than what most yeah. comic right. books yeah. during that time actually used. So most of them used when was, they used the Superman suit colors because that was what yeah. the cheapest colors back in the day. Right, <laughs> right, right.
5: <laughs> what do but you think of the movie?
4: I think, I first of all, I really like the movie. I do too. I think they did the best possible job that they could have done with that work. Yes. I Um, think if you're
5: going to make a Watchmen movie, which
4: in the first place, I don't really think it's necessary because I
5: think the comic, it is a movie. It's just on the page. That movie is
4: the best way that it could have been done. That was probably the best work that Zack Snyder ever did. I'm gonna go ahead and say that unequivocally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, and to be fair, it
2: was, Alan Moore said like hard, it was, Alan but, Moore said he hated it, right? It was okay. not, Alan Moore he, hates everything, right? But, yeah. that, <laughs> but I think point. if you ask Alan
5: Moore enough times, he'd be like, "I hate Watchmen." Right, so, but, you but that's you know. my
2: point is like everyone who talks about the Watchmen movie, it, it feels like you have to like frame it around the the point. Like if someone says like, "Well, what did you think of it?" The reason people are saying that is because there was this huge, you know, like a kerfuffle because Alan Moore was like, "Well, I didn't kerfuffle. like the work." The-. Thank well, you. see
4: the thing. I don't even think Alan Moore watched that movie. There's no way. <laughs> he no. Needs everything. Well, I mean, it's
2: everything. I know, I know because
4: he was really excited about they made. Okay, they're gonna make the, one of his greatest book, greatest books, *The League yeah. of Extraordinary Gentlemen*. They made that into a movie, and that movie was bad. It was bad. Like, awful, awful bad. Yeah, it was, that was and that's fire. when he was, it, it was like, bad. okay, writing Hollywood off. And say what you want will about Alan Moore. He sticks to his principles, man. He has not seen Beaver for Vendetta*, which was a good work. It yes. was good. Yeah. And good. then he hasn't yeah, seen okay. *Watchmen*, which was also good. <laughs> So, you know.
5: Yeah, I I think the movie is – it's good. Like, it's not groundbreaking. Nothing that Zack Snyder is ever going to do is groundbreaking. <laughs> but, I mean, it's no offense to Zack Snyder. I mean, I think he did a serviceable job with Man of Steel. No. Honestly, his I, f- I enjoy it. I don't think it's awful. I thought oh. it was terrible. Okay. But, anyway, go ahead.
2: You say he, he has not do groundbreaking stuff, but the first – um, 300. Oh, 300 was good. That really was, I that mean, really if, I, you can hate it, but, like, if you want to say no he offense, doesn't do things that are groundbreaking, like, after three, 300, 58 movies have done slow motion fights right. because, Right, yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. So that, that's I, pretty, if I'm with Adam on that's that fair. one, yeah. So that is technically, that's a good point,
4: groundbreaking. I mean, but, yeah. I would give cre- more credit to that. So, I mean, he was a director, but, I mean, that's visual effects artist. That's fair. That's director of photography that did that kind of stuff. I mean, I mean, he like it wasn't a bad movie. I liked 300, too, but. A lot of the stuff that was really cool about that movie was the video editing and fair, the camera yeah. angles. Yeah. And I,
1: think <laughs> the, I think the way they told the story was actually pretty interesting. I did too. like that. It's not yeah. like that wasn't that part wasn't yeah. groundbreaking, but it was well done.
2: Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. All right, bring us home, Quentin. Um,
1: so <laughs> I'm going to talk talk about one that we we, we don't have any of the good issues of, but um, oh. it, it was it was kind of instrumental in my uh, in my upbringing. So we have we have the Nickelodeon version of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics. Oh, which, oh which are probably okay. I haven't read them, nice. they, but but I read the original Eastman and Laird ones. So good, and they're awesome. Yeah, like, they're really you good. ever watch they the Ninja amazing. Turtle movie and not read the comics and think to yourself, "Why does Leonardo have swords that he doesn't use?" Or <laughs> why? Or the second Ninja Turtle movies, they actually never draw their weapons. Nope. Um,
2: That's because c- parents complained. Right, right. Yes. parents
1: complained that they drew their weapons in the first one, even though they didn't kill anybody with them, and so they didn't even draw their weapons in the second one. But in the comics. Not only did they draw their weapons, they killed people with this them. They sure you know? did. And uh, and uh, like Eastman and Laird, when they wrote the comic, it was kind of playful, but also a lot more serious. Yeah. And if you want a totally interesting take on the Ninja Turtles, watch that. It's I mean read that. It's 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 good fun. I've gone back and read it as an adult recently, and I still had a blast reading it. Like some of the things in there are obviously ridiculous, but uh, <laughs> yes. I think they're 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 very clearly meant to be. And uh, it, it's good fun, and the artwork's pretty cool. It's it's early, um, it's earlier stuff, and and that was I mean was the
4: originals were black and white because yes. it was, oh, right. so it was like yeah. self published. They were like this, yeah. is, this is the nobody. cheapest the cheapest way to do yeah. it was right. to just do it black and white, which was super cool yeah.
1: because they 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 bootstrapped the Ninja Turtles by themselves. Mm-hmm. and Laird they they wrote it like at their kitchen table, and
4: didn't they? Re- they recently released colorized versions of the. Original? They did, I I yeah. That, yeah. they
1: did, and the artwork's awesome. They it, it like I thought it was going to ruin it. No, it's really good. Well, now,
5: serious, serious question. Okay, because I haven't really read any of the Turtles comics. Does. Vanilla Ice making.
2: A <laughs> <laughs> he does not. He does not. <laughs> oh, sadly. If, you, if, if you'd um, have brilliant. made a Turtles in Time reference there, I was gonna unplug the uh, recording. As <laughs> <time>. <laughs> I, I I sunk so many hours into that game, Turtles in Time. Uh, <laughs> the, the, yeah. game oh, yeah. the game was great. The game, the game was great. Game was great. The movie was terrible. The movie yes. was awful. Uh, if you're talking about the, them not drawing their weapons in the second movie. Not only do they not draw weapons, they replace them with cold cuts in the, that first scene. Yeah, so, yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I could it. do those two. I could do the first two movies. Yeah. Like.
1: I remember when I read that movie fact, I'm like, they had to have drawn their weapons at some point. And (laughs) I went back and watched it. I'm like, they don't draw their weapons. You've got a piece of paper and you're like, tally
4: of the number of times they touch their weapons. And you're like, come on. (laughs) Next time
2: I'll use mustard. All right. Um, This was awesome. We are going to do this a hundred more times because you guys are fantastic. Thank you all three of you guys for joining. Uh, I hope you guys all enjoyed all of these recommendations. I, clearly we had a good time. I hope yeah, people we, we, we definitely. It, it seems like man. I've been in here for ten minutes. Yeah, like yeah, it, no, that went fast. Sure. So, all right. Well, thank you guys and thank everybody for listening to this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast.
3: Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from overdrive.com and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace.